Welcome to the Beef Brunch Educational Series podcast, bringing you information on cattle production and management in Louisiana and surrounding states. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to our uh, Beef Brunch news update for the weekend in August the 19th. So this will actually be published on Tuesday, August the 23rd. Uh, today we've got uh, Mr. Vince Desitale down in central and southwest Louisiana, Mr. Lee Falk, uh, northwest Louisiana, and myself, Jason Holmes, over in the northeast. So uh, Dr. Ashley Edwards is enjoying her some much-needed time off, and uh, um, um, we all need to take advantage of that from time to time. And she saw an opportunity and uh, is enjoying her a little bit of time off. So we'll catch her on the next time. Uh, we've got a good bit to talk about today. Uh, some uh, uh, some activities coming up and some other things that we want to visit with y'all today. So we'll get right into it and I'll turn it over to you, Vince, uh, uh, for our first first section. Okay, Jason, thank you all for having me. Uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, here in sa- central Louisiana and, and south Louisiana, we got, uh, you know, there's a lot of crop uh, here in, in central and south Louisiana and we're in the probably peaked over the top of the rice harvest and most of the corn is out. Um, some early soybeans being harvested. So many of our cattle producers are also, um, you know, they're, they're row crop guys. So they're, they're busy in the fields right now, harvesting crop. Um, so it's, but it's certainly been a challenge. Unlike the Northern reaches of the state where you guys are at, you hadn't, haven't had the rains we, we've been having over the last uh, I'm going to say two weeks or, or maybe even uh, a little bit longer stretch than that. Um, so we're generally, we're saturated in areas, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we, we, we barely ached about not making enough hay early on, and uh, it's it's a little bit too much too late, so to speak. Uh, we're going to have some uh, pastures that are, you know, that are growing real well right now uh, with this high humidity, high heat. Uh, as Dr. Strahan likes to refer to it, it's Africa hot right now with this humidity and grass is really growing. Um, hay patches are growing as well too, you know. So those who who strung themselves out and went and bought some of that uh, seven, eight, nine hundred dollar blend fertilizer to put on that first shot of fertilizer back, you know, in July when we saw the rain coming, um, you know, they, they're getting some benefit out of it. But it's time to get in the fields and cut it now because uh, it's getting overgrown, honestly. Uh, so we're from one extreme to the other in a in a in a four to five week period, so to speak. Um, with that being said, uh, there are some needs for for hay going west of here. Uh, that I, I know that you know they're getting a lot of rain in Texas and Oklahoma and uh, even out to West Texas, uh, but it's probably going to be too little, too late, so to speak, uh, and too much at one time. So you know to get any benefit out of it. Um, so we we do have a number of producers that are. Uh, waiting in the wings to send hay out west, um, and they've lifted some of the restrictions on some of these wider bale configurations going on trucks. So uh, that that's helped out some. Uh, but you know, as I, I started off, you know, many of our cattle producers are also crop producers. So the cattle the cattle deal has been kind of mundane. Uh, you know, anticipating some winter pasture planting is coming up here in in six weeks from now, so to speak. Uh, so they're Making their intentions known as far as ryegrass and either some clovers and, uh, but again, at the cost of doing business as we spoke all all year long, uh, I don't think they're going to stick their necks out too far on doing anything uh, overly uh, because just the cost of doing business. So, I, I think we'll see a, a fair fair amount of ryegrass or the same 
same amount of ryegrass being planted um, as we have in the past. Uh, I don't think, you know, there's too much of anything strange going to go on as far as any extra plantings of clover and wheat or any any oats here because our photography is is too uh too flat we, we don't have the slope that you know that we you guys have in the north so uh we, we don't plant a whole bunch of other stuff other than ryegrass and rely on our our naturally growing clovers here so um you know talking to a few guys down in the marsh uh south of i-10 south of intercoastal uh, believe it or not they're still recovering from uh, Laura and Delta trying to get fence reestablished. Uh, material's been an issue all along. Some of them are, are making uh, strides with that, getting material. Some of that's kind of coming to intuition as you know there's supplies out there now. Uh, so they're they're making some progress with that. So our coastal reaches, uh, where the majority of our cattle generally uh, preside, uh, may see some population going back after the hurricane season. So with her hurricane season upon us, and we're Reaching that peak, a lot of them are very nervous right now. As always, year to year, this is a nervous time of the year for them. Uh, but they're anticipating going back on some, you know, joint grass and some of the native species of grasses there in the fall once they get we get these rains. And honestly, they just recently got some substantial rains in the last three to four weeks that uh, provided some growth to some of those marsh pastures. So um, it may be a, a pie in the sky, so to speak. They're getting their fences up. Uh, they're getting some growth, uh, but they had some dry conditions to get those fences done. So um, uh, they'll be back in business, uh, not to what we've known in the past pre-Hurricane Rita and, and that era, but uh, there are some people that are staunch and devoted about raising cattle down there. So they, they're going to be going back. Uh, so right now, people are just kind of kind of testing the waters on ryegrass plantings and, uh, you know, kind of waiting and see what the market's going to do. Um, you know, there's some favoritism in the market, as I'm sure Jason's going to allude to some market situations, but uh, it, it looks a little more optimistic than it did uh, a month or two ago. So hopefully moving forward, uh, despite the drought conditions and herd sellouts and reductions and the kill of, of replacement heifers going into the consumer market, um, you know, we, we might see see some benefits there as far as, as return on our dollar uh, going forward. So it's about all I have right now. We just you know, there's a lot of question on, on, you know, on hay again, you know, and see even some rice straw being baled. But honestly, we had too much rain to get any balers and rice fields uh, to get any of that straw done. So it's just not feasible to do that. It's just the wet, you know, wet conditions of, of growing rice in South Louisiana. You don't bale hay when it rains. You don't bale straw when it rains. So, uh, but I just want to mention we will have a master cattleman program uh, starting up uh, October the 4th will be the first date. Uh, we haven't put the registration out yet, but we will do so later on this week. Uh, it will be held in Ville Platte at the Chauncey Pete Multi-Use Born, uh, which is a little west of the Ville Platte area uh, in Evangeline Parish. Uh, we tried to do one out in Rose Pine. We had a, a minimal amount of interest in that. So uh, the people I did have interested were from that Evangeline St. Landry of Alls Parish area where we've had a had a good rapport of people wanting to participate with that program. So kind of brought it back closer to that area and I think we'll we'll have a good draw uh, going into that. So registration will close on September 28th. Uh, first class will be October the 4th. So but that'll be forthcoming and we'll have it out on the news update uh, with a link at some point in the near future. Thank you Vince. I got a couple of questions for you before we move on to Lee. So one just in the last week uh, we've uh, uh, we've started seeing some pretty good populations of 
uh, fall armyworm. I mean, this is the time of year that we we expect to see them. Uh, uh, so y'all seeing any down there? And the second question is, is where y'all at on rice harvest right now? So I've had uh, just in the last couple of weeks, I've had several folks saying they're having a hard time getting their hands on rice bran. Uh, I don't know if that has to do with maybe the rice harvest is a little bit delayed right now or what that has to do with, but just curious to where y'all are with that rice harvest. Well, uh, so the first question on army worms, we are st starting to see some uh, some activity from, from birds and, and I, I can't say that there's a, a great number of people that applied any insecticides for control because uh, when we get accelerated growth from this rainfall, uh, they're, they're not as noticeable as in droughty conditions. So. Uh, with the expense of doing business today, as we've talked about over and over again, uh, people are not going to stretch themselves out uh, going, you know, make insecticide applications when uh, we've got grass growing hand over fist. So uh, there's not a, a lot of concern with that, but there are some worms that, and they're not real aggressive because, again, you know, with not having droughty conditions, you don't see the effects quite as badly. Uh, to answer your question on the rice harvest, we're probably uh, 75 percent to 80 percent complete on rice harvest, um, but the brand issue uh, is there. There is one exclusive brand dealer in the Crowley area where there's multiple milling facilities, and um, they're probably not milling a whole lot of rice at the moment. Uh, they're concentrating on on storage right now, so um, it's it, they don't mill it as fast as they harvest it. There's a lot of on-farm storage and a lot of uh, commercial facilities that are storing right now, uh, but I would anticipate some milling. It just depends on supply and demand in the market for milled rice, you know. Uh, so with that being said, that's a, you know, that'd be a complete shot in the dark if I told you they'd start tomorrow and and they're not going to start for two months. So um, I, I can't really answer that question, but peak of the harvest is, is behind us and I anticipate, you know, we'll start to see some milling increasing over the next six weeks. Was the harvest pretty good? Yeah, the harvest was actually uh, we had some, had some good yields and um, it's it's been been good. All right, good deal. Appreciate that. All right, Lee, gonna turn it over to you, bud. Thank you, Jason. Glad you're back too. By the way, uh, glad glad to have Jason back with us and um, hope y'all are having a, a good day of it today. Uh, what a difference two weeks makes. The last time we recorded this one of these news updates, I was wailing and gnashing my teeth as usual about something or another. Uh, uh, Vince thinks I always got to have something to complain about. Maybe he's right. <laughs> um, but we were talking about the hot weather. It was in the high 90s, dry, 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 dry. And um, now today as we're recording this, and I'm sure tomorrow when this will be published, uh, we have some areas that are in flash flood watches and warnings as we speak. Widespread rainfall. I looked on the radar earlier today. Today's Monday, of course, and uh, there was rain stretching from the Mississippi River all the way to west of Fort Worth, and it was all headed our way. And so it was. It, it's been a blessing. It's been greatly appreciated. Um, I think we talked last visit about the fact that there were pockets of green around so uh, and more widespread drought. Uh, even those folks down uh, northern Sabine, South DeSoto way, 
have been picking up a little bit of rainfall. I talked to Joshua Sally, the county agent down there in DeSoto earlier in the day, and they they picked up some rain down that way. So that's a, that, that's a great thing. And I believe there's more to come. We were uh, kind of talking earlier in the day about the long range forecast, and there's pretty good chance of rain. And just as importantly, the temperatures are fairly moderate moving out. So um, this time of year, you always kind of have to be concerned about getting a good rainfall event and then popping right back up to 100 and and losing a lot of that moisture. But it looks like the um, looks like this event's going to be kind of a long lived as far as moderation of temperatures. Um, pasture conditions, it, it's amazing to me. It's, it's truly a, a, an amazing thing to watch what happens whenever you get some rain in this country. Uh, and that doesn't matter if it's Red River Valley or up in these hills. Uh, uh, you get a little rain after a drought and, and this grass just uh, does a good job of popping back, especially in areas like, kind of like Venn State where folks spent money on some fertilized uh, hay fields that have been fertilized, whether it be litter or, or, uh, or commercial fertilizer are really popping right now after several rain events scattered out over the last week. Um, so they're greatly improved from the last time we visited. Do want to make mention, we're starting to see some perilla mint show up. I hadn't uh, hadn't heard any cases of any cattle getting uh, getting down with it or dying of it, but that's a concern this time of year always, and and it's starting to rear its head this time. Be on the lookout for that. If you don't know what that is, then count yourself uh, fortunate that you've never dealt with it. Uh, if you have any questions on it, reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to to talk you through it and some some management strat strategies um, uh, concerning that. Uh, like Vince and Jason stated, there's been some army worms around. I wouldn't call them widespread or prevalent. Uh, seen them on signal grass of all things. Most recently, if you want to want to lay your eyes on some, you go take a look at some signal grass. Some in some crabgrass, and uh, so uh, very few in Bermuda. Uh, most people aren't treating them up here this just yet. They're waiting on on uh, on on getting this rainfall bent out of the way and kind of uh, sit back and watch what happens. Attitude towards it, you know. A lot of times this time of the year when we're talking about army worms, if it's a normal year and people have put up a lot of hay and and they don't and hay prices are low and et cetera and so forth if they get an outbreak of army worms a lot of times they won't treat if 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 they don't view it as an economic benefit to treat and make that hay i can tell y'all this this year every pound of hay produced is is appreciated by somebody if you don't appreciate it on your own operation then you can sell it to to somebody even uh, far away as Texas and they'll appreciate it and you'll appreciate the price as well. So scout those fields and take a look at it. Be monitoring those populations. Don't let them get away from you uh, by any means. And once again, just like with Perel Mint, reach out to us if if we can help you on some management strategies on that. Uh, calves are continuing to be moved to market. Uh, I say calves, we're not seeing any yearlings move right now. Pretty much all the yearlings have, have moved and we're we're pretty much 100% into these calves, what I call calves. Some of them unweaned, some of them have got a little bit of weaning and then some shots to them and stuff like that. Um, so they're being met by good demand for sure. High prices in most instances. I do want to make kind of a special uh, uh, mention of, of the fact that 
a lot of y'all out there i know i know a lot of people in louisiana and probably some folks listening to this news update uh, maybe their sideline business or, or wouldn't be their whole operation, but can a sideline of their business could be grazing some of the lightweight calves on ryegrass, wheat, oats, some kind of combination of uh, winter forage and turn around reselling those things. Folks, if, if, if you study these prices on these light grazing weight calves, study your lesson. Uh, they, they, they're pretty salty right now. And I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from grazing any calves this winter. They, they, there may still be money yet to make on these light grazing weight cattle, but it's, they're not as cheap as they have been in the last few years, this time of year. So if you hadn't already sat down and talked with your banker on how much to apportion for your cattle purchases this fall and winter, you, you better sit down and, and up some numbers on purchase prices a little bit. Um, Real briefly, I, I do want to mention that uh, we've announced the dates uh, of our pregnancy determination clinic. We're going to have two dates this year. This will be at the Hill Farm Research Station. It's going to be October the 18th and 20th. And if you want more information on that, uh, get on the, the waiting list on that. Uh, give the research station a call, numbers 318. 9272578 or you can reach out to one of us and we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll get you the information you need on that. The final thing and, and we I jotted this down as a note before we even started recording this and and Jason it's kind of funny we talked about it but uh, so we're going to talk about a couple of positions uh, in particular but also I wanted to make mention um, if you or someone you know uh, has ever had an interest in coming to work for the LSU Ag Center, now is just about as good a time as any because we have quite a few positions open and they're, they're all across the board, whether it be in extension or on the research side of things, uh, 4-H, there, there's several 4-H positions open across the state several county agent uh, jobs open across the state. So you or someone you know, your uh, kids, grandkids, if uh, someone finished up school in May or, or is finishing up pretty soon and, and, and looking for a career uh, with our organization working for LSU, uh, reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to talk, uh, to talk to them about it, kind of point them in the right direction. The position I, in particular, want to kind of make mention of is the fact that we're going to be uh, hiring a beef researcher position. This will be a PhD level position and it'll be based out of the Hill Farm Research Station, 100% uh, working with cattle. So if you know somebody that happens to have a PhD in animal science and they're, they're looking for a career, uh, get in touch with us. We'll, we'll point them in the right direction. That being said, Jason, that's all I got, and I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you, Lee. Just to uh, add a little commentary to what you were saying on those calves. So while you were talking, I went ahead and pulled up where we sat on a five-year average on those calves, and we're sitting plus or minus 50 cents a pound above an average price on those calves. So uh, I think that just reiterates what you're saying, that uh, I think the term was salty, and uh, they are they're doing pretty well right now. Appreciate that report. So, uh, uh, and Jason, if, if you don't mind me interrupting, that's a no, good go thing. Th those prices being what I refer to as salty, that's a good thing for for all the for all us cow calf producers. Just clear there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and it, 
it's it's time that the cattlemen caught a break and did get some good prices. And even at these good prices, these input prices are are still kind of suppressing that a little bit. But uh, uh, not not. I'll go out there on a limb. I don't think we've seen the end of it yet. I mean, I think uh, I think these calf prices, if you look at the fundamentals and the number of replacement females and cows that have been killed um, uh, over the past six months, I believe uh, uh, I believe we're looking at some really, really good calf prices going forward. Uh, I think they'll just get better. The uh, Field conditions over in the northeast uh, part of the state. Uh, uh, so like Lee said a while ago, we are recording this on Monday. Uh, was on the phone with some folks this morning. There's some places up on the uh, over on the eastern side of Union Parish and over in the western side of Washita that received a little over six inches of rain between last night and this morning. So a uh, lot of rainfall, but uh, even prior to that over the previous week, uh, we caught several days there where some um, uh, some showers came through, and it's uh, uh, as Lee said, it it will change the color of the landscape really really quick. And uh, uh, we went from brown looking like we were just burning up because we were dealing with those hundred degree days consistently, and uh, uh, it it's it really changed the color of the landscape quick, and we are definitely appreciative of that. So I think in my mind what uh, um, the interesting thing that will that will be to see as a result of some pretty timely rainfalls across a, a wide swath of the southern part of the U.S. I mean, they, uh, they got snow out in Colorado uh, and then rainfalls coming all the way across um, uh, the Corn Belt and down into the, the southern part of the U.S. Is, is that going to slow down some of those early wean calves and some of these cold cows? I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see if we see some of those start slowing down a little bit. Like Lee said, there's not enough feeders out there really to speak of anymore, uh, but there's a lot of calves. There's a lot of those, um, a lot of those spring-born calves that are uh, looking to go to town, and it'll be interesting to see if that changes those those grazing opportunities a little bit, uh, allows them to keep them on on hand a little bit longer with some with some increased grass so in, in my mind that'll be something interesting to see if if it if we did get enough rain out of this system and the systems we got coming because i don't think uh, i don't think that's the end of it i think we've got a couple more systems coming across that that may change that dynamic a little bit um and on august 1st so that was uh um so the cattle uh, cattle on feed report that was released Friday that goes back to August 1st. I'll spit it out in a minute, guys. Uh, uh, we got that report on Friday. Um, so you got to remember that that report is always a month behind. So we're getting numbers uh, now that basically cover July. Uh, uh, so that report came out uh, Friday. Uh, so it gives us the numbers that were uh, reported as of August the 1st, 2022. Uh, cattle and calves on feed for the slaughter market in the United States uh, for feedlots with a capacity of 1,000 head or more, totaled 11.2 million head. That inventory was 1% above August 1, 2021. Uh, estimated feeder supplies outside of feedlots were down 2.7% year over year. Uh, and placements in feedlots totaled 1.77 million head, uh, which was 2.2% above 2021. So even though that could be construed as a, 
uh, as a bearish report. Um, and I think I would uh, uh, I would debate that a little bit because of when this report is covering. So we got to stop and think about this report is covering July. In July, we were in a major culling. I mean, everybody was culling cows. Cows were going to town. Early wean calves were going to town. Uh, folks were in dire straits for grass. Uh, everybody was looking at the possibility of not being able to find hay. Uh, there were a lot of cattle going to town, um, and so a lot of those um, a lot of those feeders were being pushed into the feedlots um, because they were running out of grass. Uh, so a lot of those cattle were being pushed into the feedlot early. Um, so and just because that could be construed as a bearish report, uh, I, I'm going to have to disagree. That I think the fundamentals are there that we're still in a bullish situation. Uh, a, a bullish market. I, I don't think that that pushes it over, but uh, there'll be speculators out there that'll try to say because the inventory was up, uh, that'll be a bullish, uh, I mean, a bearish market, but uh, I'm going to have to disagree with that. I think the take home uh, message in that report was uh, placement weights. Uh, so typically, placements over 700 pounds rule the roost. Uh, that's typically where we look at uh, those placement weights being uh, being at going into the feed yard. But in this report, uh, feedlot placements were uh, on uh, calves or feeders over 700 pounds was 2.5% down, right? So we were 2.5% less uh, feeders weighing over 700 pounds. And then we were up 9.5% on feeders weighing less than 700 pounds. So we got a lot of those calves that were being pushed into the feed yard early. Again, drought, they were running out of grass. Um, um, and so I think that says a lot about, uh, we, we sent a lot, of cow, a lot of calves or a lot of feeders to town earlier than what we might uh, have wanted them to go to town. Uh, so that is the third month that we've uh, placed uh, these lightweight feeders as compared to these heavyweight feeders. Uh, and again, that's uh, in my mind, that's all drought related, looking at the time period that this report is covering. Slaughter volumes for the past week, uh, uh, for that weekend in August the 19th, were 661,000 head, up from 647,000 head the previous week. Uh, but down a little bit as we compare that to last year. So we had a little over uh, 666,000 head the same week last year. Um, this is the first weekly decline from the prior year in many weeks. Uh, domestic and export demand for beef continues to be better than expected. Um, uh, as we'll see in some of these, uh, these box beef prices, the so choice box beef closed the week at $264.58 a hundred. That's up just 45 cents a hundred uh, with a choice select spread of $26.15, which is up just 15 cents a hundred from the previous week. But that is still $14.70 a hundred higher than the five-year average. So anytime we can keep that type of choice select spread, that tells us that we've still got some pretty good, excellent beef demand in the marketplace. Uh, as reported in the National Weekly Direct Slaughter Cattle Negotiated Purchaser Report on a confirmed 101,555 head, 
and y'all for negotiated purchases report that's a lot of cattle for negotiated purchases 101,000 so uh, that's a that's a lot of cattle to be reported in that uh, in that section so uh, for the week in the southern plains live purchases traded a dollar to two dollars higher from 141 to 142 and Nebraska live purchases traded 50 cents to two dollars higher from 146 to 148.50 uh, with a few jumping up there to 151 uh, that's some good money on fat cattle. In uh, the Western Corn Belt for the week, live purchases traded two dollars higher from 148 to 150. Uh, live cattle futures market settlements in the front months ended the week with October up 50 cents at 145.25, and December up 42 cents at 150.97. Uh, so live cattle futures ended the week mostly even when compared to the week open. Five to 600 pound steers, medium and large ones and twos, sold between 175 and 192. So that's $2 lower to $9 higher when compared to the previous week. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate this report or well, this comment to you. So uh, that's, the, that's the averages for the planer type cattle, five to 600 pounds, 175 to 192. If you've got some, some cattle that really fit the bill, uh, they may not have a whole lot of flesh on them. Uh, they're just some cattle that are in the condition that they're ready to go out on some grass. Uh, they were up over $2 a pound. Uh, but uh, just those planter type cattle, 175 to 192 on those five to six weights, which is that's still some good money, y'all. Um, we just need these input prices to, to, <laughs> to help us out a little bit. Seven, 800 pound feeder steers, medium and large ones and twos, sold between 171 and 178. Uh, so that's steady to $29 higher when compared to the previous week. Future market settlements in the front months ended the week with September trading down 52 cents at 184.75. October down 90 cents at 186.77. November down 80 cents at 188.70. So on those seven weight cattle, uh, looks like we're staying consistently into the mid to 180s on those in the futures markets. Again, some some really good prices. So as we compare the week open with the week close, um, um, the the week ended on those futures markets ended about a dollar to two dollars lower as compared to the week open. So on our kill cows, uh, uh, these markets have been steadily declining uh, uh, week over week, and I think a lot of that just has to do with uh, uh, these. Uh, these packers are really not trying to fill up their coffers with the grind right now. Uh, uh, grilling season starting to wrap up. We're getting close to Labor Day, uh, which marks pretty much the end of the grilling season. So they're really not trying to fill those coffers with the grind. Uh, lean coal cows, that's those cows in thin condition. End of the week up a penny at 75 cents a pound. Uh, boning utility, that's those in moderate condition. End of the week up three cents at 83 cents a pound. And breakers, those in high condition, end of the week down four cents at 80 cents a pound. Still some pretty decent prices on on those coal cows. Not near what we were seeing a month or so ago, but uh, still some decent prices on those coals. Looking at our feedstuffs. So the reason I was asking Vince about uh, about rice bran. So those of you who may not feed a lot of commodity. Uh, you may not be aware, but rice bran is a pretty popular uh, feedstuff for blending into rations in Louisiana just because of availability and price. Um, typically, 
August and September is when uh, we encourage folks, if you're going to be purchasing commodities to feed, August and September typically is the month you really need to be bearing down on that and uh, and uh, and making those decisions. That's typically when we see the majority of our feedstuffs or those commodities uh, uh, declining in price uh, ever so slightly, but it gives you a little bit of price break in there that makes it worthwhile to start booking some of those. Um, soybean meal up $29 at $513.70. Soybean hulls up $5 at $160. Uh, that's the first jump we've seen in soybean hulls in about six months. So uh, it did go up $5, but just wanted to make that comment. That's the first time we've seen any kind of uh, price increase on these soybean hulls. Rice brand steady at $190 a ton. Cottonseed meal up $7.50 at $410 a ton. Whole cottonseed up $5 at $410 a ton. We don't see that a whole lot where cottonseed meal and whole cottonseed um, uh, even up like that. We just don't see that very often, but they have evened up right now. Corn gluten feed meal steady at $760 a ton, and that's that 60% feed or 60% meal. DDG's down $2.75 at $248.25 a ton. Uh, still way too high for DDG's. That's a good commodity, and that's that just puts it out of most people's price points at, at that price, but still a good product. And then corn down two cents a bushel at $6.45 a bushel. And uh, that'll wrap up our market. So uh, I do want to put a couple of things out there. So I'm going to follow up on what Lee was saying about uh, uh, some of the opportunities that we have within the Ag Center right now. So he mentioned uh, one of the PhD positions we've got there at the Hill Farm. We've also got um, um, an extension position there that uh, a bachelor's or a master's degree in animal science or equivalent field. So we've got a, a extension poultry uh, position there uh, working in the, uh, the broiler houses there, but also uh, going out and um, um, providing education for our poultry growers. Um, I think that's a really good opportunity. We have been um, uh, fighting for that uh, that position for a good long while, and uh, we're excited to get it uh, going back up again. So uh, poultry is the largest animal ag production industry in the state of Louisiana, and uh, uh, we're just happy that the Ag Center has seen the importance of getting uh, that position going again and getting somebody um, uh, in there that uh, that'll really be beneficial to our poultry growers. Uh, Lee and I both, just because of the um, uh, geography that we're in, uh, he and I spend a lot of time with poultry growers. Uh, poultry growers are some of our um, our larger uh, cattle producers. I mean, they uh, uh, just because they've got a lot of poultry manure that they can use on pasture land and hay land. They also have a good uh, a good population of beef cattle out there. So Lee, spent and I, Lee and I spend a good bit of time with them, and he and I both will be on that interview committee. And uh, we, uh, I think both of us are very committed to making sure that we get uh, the right person in that. And uh, we're also on the committee for hiring that uh, that beef researcher that he mentioned. Um, and Lee and I both uh, have a, a, a strong heart for the Hill Farm just because we were both raised right there close to it and uh, have spent on both of us have spent a lot of time there and we want to see that succeed and uh, we'll make sure that we get the right person in there. Uh, Northeast Beef and Forage Field Day, September the 15th over at JS Cattle and Bastrop. 
so we'll uh, we'll put a link to that uh, that registration uh, flyer uh, in the uh, in the in the description so you can uh, get registered for that. Um, if you've uh, if you're already aware of it, planning on coming, and you haven't registered, y'all, if uh, if y'all can register for that, we would appreciate it. It helps us uh, be manager, better managers of the meal. Uh, make sure we have enough, but make sure we don't uh, we don't have a lot of food left over as well. Um, so on September the 13th, our next beef brunch um, um, webinar will be uh, hosted by uh, one of the guys on here, Mr. Vince Desitale. Uh So Vince is going to be discussing ryegrass, discussing ryegrass utilization on that uh, that next webinar on September the 13th. And um, um, again, I have Preg Determination Clinic down there. Lee's already visited with you about that. If you um, and that's uh, in my mind, that's one of the most practical, um, uh, in-depth uh, classes that we offer. And uh, I know it's a lot of information in a very short period of time, but it is very practical. Got some really good instructors that come in for that, and uh, and provide some good information. So if uh, if you've ever had the desire to to learn a little bit about uh, pregnancy determination. Uh, we spend a good bit of time on rectal palpation, but uh, we also spend some time on uh, on utilizing blood draws and uh, blood samples for determining pregnancy. What are the pros and cons of those? Uh, we spend a good bit of time talking about that as well. But we'll have a, a description of those um, uh, those events coming up in the description of the video or uh, in the podcast format for you. Uh, and we appreciate y'all joining us uh, every other week for these news updates. We certainly hope that we're providing you the information that you're looking for. Um, we try to keep this as timely as possible and just as practical as, as possible. Uh, those of y'all that know us know that we're pretty down to earth. We, uh, uh, we try not to get too far out there in the woods, but try to give y'all some information to, uh, to help you out on your operations. Lee Vince, any y'all got anything to add? All right. Well, we certainly appreciate it, and we will see y'all again in a couple of weeks.